So once a person finds their identity, there's always a struggle whether or not they're able to keep it through life. We find this true of Jesus, and we're going to talk about it today. Welcome to All Things Apostolic today. My goodness, we are in a, uh, we've ended up in a, in a much deeper discussion of you and your identity than what we anticipated, but it's good, it's good stuff. It's just sobering to recognize how deep these issues and these discussions and explorations can go when we're talking about you and your identity. And we've already mentioned several times, and I think most of you would agree that Finding one's identity is key to everything in life. It's key to happiness. It's key to purpose. It's key to our relationships with other people. You and your identity is really, really core. It's at the lowest level of foundational things in our lives is our identity. So we've talked about uh, for the last couple of days uh, this is the third day on this particular subject of looking to Jesus for you and your identity. And we're looking at Jesus and his, and the formation of his own identity as a man. Of course, as God, that's a whole different thing. But he was holy man and holy God. And as a man, as a boy, he grew up as a boy. And uh, the Bible says he grew in stature, meaning his body grew older and taller and bigger each year until he reached manhood. Uh, and uh, it also says that he grew in favor with man and with God, which means he was healthy. He was well-rounded. Uh, he was uh, pleasant. And uh, when people met him, they liked him as a boy and as a man. Uh, and when the Bible says he has favor with God, he had favor with man, but he also had favor with God. To have favor with God is synonymous with the grace of God resting upon a person. And favor implies not only that God is uh, uh, pleased with a person, but favor includes that God is actively blessing that person. And that can include material blessings. That can include physical blessings. That can include mental and spiritual and emotional blessings. And uh, that can include familial blessings blessings, domestic, uh, that can include blessings uh, in, in one's work. So all of those things come when it says favor with God and man. So he was not a failure. He was not sitting on the side of the road somewhere trying to figure out what to do with his life. He was doing whatever his hand found to do to that date. He goes to hear John the Baptist uh, out in the desert. He hears John the Baptist and John preaches. And then John looks at him in front of everybody and says, behold, the Lamb of God. And Jesus goes to the water and is baptized. When he comes out of the water, uh, he hears the voice of God that says, this is my beloved son. We've already talked about it. You've got to listen to yesterday. I'm not going to repeat it today. And, and the two days before today, all of, we talked about all of this. Uh, but this is a time... When uh, when it says, this is my beloved son, if you read Luke, 
it says, thou art my beloved son, which indicates that the voice was talking both to Jesus and to the people. It was an announcement. It was a proclamation. It was a declaration of sonship, which Paul addresses in Romans chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. He points out Jesus was the son of God uh, according to the bloodline of David, but then he's declared to be the son of God, which means that he's old enough now that he's learned, he's been trained, and now it's time for him to take over the reins of the household, the reins of leadership. He is to be the administrator. That's what he meant when he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Jesus Christ is the administrator of the government of God universally, and he will be forever. So if somebody says, well, I don't want to live for Jesus, well, you better straighten up and get your mind straightened out because if you don't live for Jesus, you're not going to be a part of the kingdom of God uh, because he is going to be the leader of it. There won't be any democratic vote. So don't think that your opinion is going to make any difference. You need to humble your opinion before God and say, God, I get it. There is a big universal thing going on that's bigger than me. And if I want to be a part of it, I've got to get in the stream, the flow, the favor that will take me there. And so we're talking about how to get in that favor. And, uh, and that's a big thing. So, so Jesus himself is our primary example. He's our primary example of you finding your identity. And he finds it in this encounter when God said, thou art my beloved son, the Bible says the heavens opened. Well, what did they open up to? The heavens opened is a, a, a phrase to indicate revelation. It means his sight was opened to heavenly things. And what it was opened up to in his case was he saw his life. He saw the implications of being declared the son of God with authority. That included the responsibilities that go with that authority. He saw all of it. He saw what it was going to require of him. It was breathtaking. It had a catastrophic effect of, of I, I, I don't know if I can do this or not. I, I, don't, I don't know. I've got to figure out what all this means. And uh, consequently, he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. One, one of the authors says he was driven of the Spirit into the wilderness. And uh, the, the, the revelation drove him into the Spirit, into the wilderness. And when he got there on what is called the Mount of Temptation, there were three panels to that temptation. And the first one starts out with, after he had fasted 40 days and was hungry. The devil came to him and said, get this little phrase, if thou be the son of God. He was just declared to be the son of God at his baptism, just 40 days before. If thou be the son of God. It's a challenge to the revelation that he had. So that indicates that you have to have a good, solid experience of revelation to withstand all the doubts that are going to be thrown your way before it's over for you to be able to fulfill the purposes of your life.
there's going to be all kinds of doubts thrown at you. And it all starts with identity, you and your identity. And so these doubts that are thrown at you are going to be to throw you off and keep you from doing the perfect will of God, which is the only place for a person to ever find full satisfaction is doing the perfect will of God. Now, I, mean, I don't mean that you be a, may not be a preacher or you may not be some, some public speaker or you may not, but, but, the, but the children of God in every walk of life, they are fulfilling a purpose that God had for their life and has for their life. It's not that we're all doing the same thing. The Bible says the body of Christ is one's a hand and one's a foot and one's a finger and one's a knee and one's a, it's, it's all, we're all of the body, but he uses the phrase we're members in particular. And so everybody has a divine purpose for their life. Now, I'm teaching from a theological viewpoint. Secular people will say, well, you can do these things, these tricks here, and this will help you to find your identity. I'm just telling you, it may help you to find some, some shallow part of your identity. I don't know. But you will never find your identity, your true identity, outside of God. Because you're made in the image of God. You need to get that. Because for you to be everything you can be, that's the you that you've got to see. You can't be what you cannot see. And so in a visionary encounter, you see that self. Jesus sees himself. He sees his mission. He, he sees his methods. He, he knows, and it's he never... I mean, I don't know if this language is just right, but he never dreamed as a boy that this is where this was going to go. And this was all entailed in the revelation of self and being who he was. And the devil says, if thou be the son of God, you just he just heard he was the son of God from the voice from heaven. If thou be the son of God, if you've been given this authority, wasn't the son of God is a baby coming out of Mary's womb. He's talking about, if you have this authority, then turn these stones to bread. You're God. You've got the, you've got God's anointing. To, you've got all the authority of the household of heaven and earth. Turn these thrones, stones to bread. So number one, it's a temptation to his identity. And number two, it's a temptation. Will he know how to use the power of his identity? And if he misuses the power of identity, there is a terrible self-destruction of a whole lot more than self. It's a destructive thing that the devil is attempting to accomplish here. Then he takes him to a corner pinnacle of the temple, the highest place from where the temple is down to the ground, hundreds of feet. He says, if thou be the son of God, same thing, identity, if thou be the son of God. So even after a person gets their identity, the enemy is going to try to destroy that identity, whether he destroys it with drugs, whether he destroys it with mistakes people make, whether he destroys it with discouragement, whether bitterness, whatever, he's going to attempt to destroy that identity. 
And if you're trying to do something for God and you're in a hard place and it seems like you're never going to get it done, he's going to come back and say, so see, you weren't, you weren't the one with authority that you thought you were. You thought God told you that, but it, it can't be true because look at what you're going through. And it's then that you have to remember your experiences with God and you have to say, no, I know who I am. I can't explain all this right now, but I'm not going to try. I'm going to trust. So when you can't try, you got to trust. You just, you just keep going and you trust God, that God's going to answer your prayer. We've all been there more than once. But you have to walk through that. That's part of it in finding your identity. And then finally, he takes him up to a high place. This, was, this wasn't an earthly mountain. It was, he said, to a high mountain. It's, it's, a, it's a spiritual thing because it says from there, he viewed all the kingdoms of the world. So to, I believe he saw the entire stream of history, all the kingdoms, all the power. And the devil said, if you will bow down to me, I will give you all of these kingdoms. And that was the third temptation. So he knew, the devil knew, that Christ came to conquer those kingdoms and to bring them into hope and salvation. And over them, there are evil spirits over all of these peoples. And, and he's come to, to, to give those empires hope. In the middle of all of that, Christ has to know his methods. So you can't get this done by compromise. When people start compromising with their identity, which gives them their purpose, when they start compromising, they're in trouble. They may think there's a shortcut. Oh, I'll just bow here and nobody will even know the difference. The universe will know the difference before it's over. And so Jesus will not do that. The Lord, our God, he alone is the only one we're going to serve. And so he passed that identity test, get this. And he goes from there and Luke writes this. He redacts the story to make it look as though Jesus went straight from the Mount of Temptation down to Nazareth. Now he actually didn't. He went around and preached a little bit in, in a few cities before he got back to Nazareth. But when you read it, Luke's story, he's trying to, he's trying to get this across to you, what I'm teaching today. And he's, and it looks like he went, Luke mentions that he preached a little bit, but he, he, he skips over all that. And he says, and when he came to Nazareth, so in his hometown, he gets up and he reads Isaiah and he reads where he is the anointed one. They know he's talking about himself. He's reading the prophet, and the prophet is, re is, is prophesying about the Messiah. And when he gets through, he lifts his eyes and looks at them and says, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. They're blown away. He said, he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. He hath anointed. There was no question that Jesus knew his identity. Why? Because he just came from, from the solidifying of that revelation. 
the crystallization of that until nothing can move him. And his own townspeople tried to kill him because it was so revolutionary that they could not believe it. Amazing. It's amazing. So then if you really find your identity, in particular your, your leadership role in life, if you really find it, there's going to be rejection. And if you find it and your role happens to be a big role, there's going to be lots of sorrow and lots of times that you don't get a chance to explain the criticisms that are launched in life. But you have to learn that all of that is part and parcel of what life is about. You remember the good things of God and you rejoice and you keep going forward. This is part of, of what it takes and part of what you get from God, a great gift, your identity and my identity.